Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kia ora, everyone. Welcome back to... What is it, love? Your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast. Maybe even your bona fide favourite podcast. Mm. Is that a reach of us to ask? I don't think so. I don't know. We did get Listener's Choice Awards this year. Oh, true. And we didn't even game the system. <laughs> we didn't. Oh. We didn't. <laughs> Except we kind of did. Um, how are you, everyone? Listeners? Liv and I are both like slightly sunburnt. Well, I am. It's making me really hot. Liv's. Yeah, I'm sunburnt too. It's making me cold. Mm. So don't know what's going on there. Imagine if the listeners could actually call in, you know, like on a radio yeah. show. That'd, That'd be, be kind of dope. That would be cute. What were they calling about based on that combo? I don't know, but you said, how are you listeners? Aww. And then we like got a couple. Just a few trauma dumps Chelsea, on the what about you, you know? That's actually what we kind of do every week. Oh, fuck yeah. Always trauma dumping. <laughs> Always. This is just a self-indulgent. Every day. <laughs> You're like, how how are we? Um, Liv, what describes your week this week, sweetie? My week is described a real reach, but by puberty blues, because I had my first proper go surfing this weekend, which was really fucking fun. And I felt like, I don't know, Murawai Beach, a little bit like puberty blues vibes. Yeah. So when Liv says this, she's done a really good job by actually having a cultural reference this mm-hmm. week for what describes your week but for anyone that hasn't watched puberty blues just such a great aussie coming of age oh, show so good but also kind of dark like a lot of oh. like fucked up shit happens on that show and that's not really what i'm referring to here <laughs> but just being at the beach in the surf getting tossed around oh i got absolutely fucked because the waves the were waves. huge huge massive waves didn't know what i was doing i was just getting pummeled like <laughs> by the ocean for a good two hours i didn't even manage to stand up on my board but i don't think that's required on your first no listen in was, those waves it was very very fun and i can see how people get addicted to it mm. but um i'm i'm glad my first time is over yes as with all say. first times for everything. Yeah. You forget how awkward it is starting something that you've never done before and just how your body just doesn't know how to react. Like, I couldn't even hold the board. No. Like, I kept just, like, toppling off the surfboard, not even trying to stand up, but just lying on it. Like, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. like, get my balance. It was ridiculous. But kind of got that in the end. And it's a great thing to do to try something new when you're an adult. Oh, Actually, like, the best. Yeah. Especially when you're not really around, like, a group of people and you can just fail. Yeah without worrying about it. Um, Luce, what describes your week? Um, a sore neck. Oh. So I went, it does actually describe my week. So for the past two or three mornings, I've woken up with a really sore neck because on Friday night, I went to a emo pop party and it was just like dancing and like head banging. Yeah, actually, up, how fun. No, it was so fun, but I woke up and my fucking neck was so sore. Oh my God, then your head banging yes, too much too for the party. Um, then I went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Must have been head banging again, naturally. My fucking neck was so sore the next morning. And then it's still sore because of the waves aforementioned by Liv. Don't know if that's the right way to use that word. 
But the waves were tossing us around so much that you just get slapped. And so I just have a really sore neck. I I love that you did all of this cool shit over the weekend, like go to an emo pop party, go to the red hot chili peppers, go to the beach, like all of this shit. And what describes your week is a sore neck. Okay, so I thought it was a good way of like, yeah, humbly flexing to everyone that encompassing the entire kind of weekend, the whole weekend, Mm -hmm. which. Like, not every weekend is like that, everyone. I got an email um, one day from someone, and I explained a day that I hadn't really done that much. And I said, oh, I had a quite a lazy day yesterday. And I said, I just went and got a coffee with my friend and then went for a drink at the end of the night with another friend. And the email said, um, Luce, like, your day where you felt like you haven't done very much is kind of more than I do on a normal day. And And I don't know, something about that email, like, stuck with me that I never want people to think – that like everything they hear us talk about or oh. see of us is like reality. Like honestly, there's a lot of days, like I would say often three days a week where yeah. I go home after work and I sleep for two hours. No, literally go home, just lie in bed with the air conditioning on or, mm. or like have to do washing, have to cook dinner, you know, yeah. the normal stuff that obviously we don't write about or talk about. But I did feel like, oh, I should probably you know, make sure everyone knows that this is such a highlight reel, what they get from us. For sure. And I think the fact that you write every day, you kind of know that you have to almost, in some kind of yeah. fucked up way, do shit to fill your life to, to write Literally. about, right? Extri- um, extrinsically motivate myself. Yeah. Be extrinsically motivated to, to do stuff do so that I write stuff. about it. Yeah. Or that, so I watch something or read something. But like all of Saturday, right, I was a hungover piece of shit. Yeah. But my weekend was still so busy that no one saw the Saturday anyway. Yeah, no, 100%. If you're talking about, like, one two-hour thing that you did, I mean, there's another 12 hours of yes, the day. You yes, know? I mean, this is not even a hot take. It just We know that when you see shit on TikTok or see vlogs or whatever, they're still just filming the best parts of their day. And like, it's so easy to compare yourself. Mm. So just know that. So just know that we have gorgeous lives and we do try and fill them with really fulfilling stuff, but... There are still days where I'm just in my bed all day. Absolutely. Um, Liv, we haven't even told the people what we're talking about this week. We're talking about cringe. Like, why, yeah, why we cringe. And the thesis of this episode is don't kill the part of you that's cringe, kill the part of you that cringes. Love that. And now for my naughty or nice. Um, Okay, I don't really care about this, but I feel like it's been a long time coming. Kylie Jenner announced her new baby's name. Not even new baby. 11 months. Old. I was going to say, I was like, I did not know she had a new baby. Well, do you remember that she had this baby and she called it Wolf? And yes. Then, and then said, no, can you stop calling him Wolf because he's no longer called Wolf. And then Tammy, Tammy Hembrow was like, oh, my baby's called Wolf. You she's, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Well, anyway, she's uh, released the actual name of the baby now and it's called Ear. A-I-R-E. Ear. Oh, my God. So... I don't really know what to make of that, but there's something about, like, ear and stormy. Yeah. Like, there's something about a joke about the elements or something Some in there. Some sort of weather theme But I can't on. quite get to it. Anyway, that's nice. Good for them. I mean, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. How are you supposed to breathe with no ear? There's a lot you can do. There's a lot. Well, a lot of Instagram captions that she shit can you play should off. care about. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. And I thought, this is going to get lost on some people, but if they read the whole thing, then it would have made sense. Um, my other naughty or nice... 
is actually a follow-up to something we've talked about on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Baldwin is being charged in the Rust shooting. So a little refresher on this story, which we spoke about, I mean, when it happened on Culture Vulture. Alec Baldwin was rehearsing a scene for Rust, which is a new, like, Wild West sort of movie that he was filming. He fired a prop gun um, and it turns out it was actually loaded, which resulted in the death of Helena Hutchins. Um, so actually both Alec and the film's armourer, who remember was that young girl? She was quite young. Yeah, she was Hannah. like our age, like 24, and she'd put online somewhere that you should take jobs even if you don't feel yeah, properly ready. qualified for them. She really yeah. did unfortunately go on that podcast uh, like a few months earlier and say that, which we would have all, you know, we all say things like that. It's imposter syndrome. Anyway, the gun was loaded and so those two are both facing charges of involuntary manslaughter live as we learnt um, from the Rex Orange County episode a charge is a formal accusation so mm. it's not an outcome um, and these two do intend to fight it fight these charges in court so if they are convicted uh, like I said they both intend to fight this in court um, they both face 18 months in jail and a five thousand dollar US fine. I don't know what the like standard. Like, I don't know if celebrity influence or anything has been taken into account there. Hope not, but I don't know what standard it is. Um, in a statement, Helena's husband Matthew said that he supported the filing of these charges. He said that it is a comfort to the family that in New Mexico, no one is above the law. So I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's just a heartbreaking situation. Oh, because, like, no one means for this to happen. No, absolutely. But obviously some protocols were not followed. Yeah. And that led to someone, you know, dying on dying. set. Yeah. So that's a, not a nice story. No. Not nice. Not nice. Feels um, not right to call it naughty. No. It's a legally bad story. Yeah. It's just a really upsetting story. So now we might pivot to something a little bit lighter, like cringe. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Lewis, why are we talking about cringe right now? We're talking about cringe because, well, me and Liv always talk about cringe because I feel like I have a really, really low tolerance for cringe despite... Like Duncan said to me the other day, he was like, you make puns and really bad ones on purpose to just watch people react. Like it's like you like watching them cringe. Mm. But then when I feel cringe, like awkward silences and things like that, yeah, I can't really handle it. And maybe they're different things. Well, yeah, I think like awkwardness and cringe are slightly different things, but they yeah. definitely, I think, involve a similar psychology, yeah. especially when we're talking about awkwardness in this sort of way. Yeah. And it is interesting because you, like Lucy, honestly, if you're watching anything that's slightly awkward or like you're in a group setting, say you're at dinner 
and you've gone to dinner with like a group of people and no one's really talking, like, you know, those sort of situations. Lucy cannot handle it. I can't. At all. Which, like, I also, I think, have a relatively low tolerance for awkwardness as well. Yeah. Like, we're both people that tend to fill the silence. Yeah. But does that, that does feel slightly different to cringe. To cringing. Like, when I think about cringing, I think about the fact that I think you had this too. Yeah. If someone else was singing at a school talent show, I would be too nervous to watch it on like the off chance that they made a mistake and I would cringe. And do you know what? There's We're going to get into this because there's like major psychology behind yeah. that in the terms of like, you know what it's like to be up on that stage and to be vulnerable in that respect. And so your brain is like... Worst case scenario. It's like a mechanism where it's like compassionate cringe, but yes. we'll go into that. That's so anyway. interesting. The reason that we're talking about it now, though, despite the fact that Liv and I have talked about cringe for ages, um, is that there seems to be a bit of a like, a bit of a trend... On TikTok, for sure, that's, like, people actively making you cringe, like, filming mm. videos that will make you cringe. I mean, there was even, like, a challenge that was, like, stop this video. We stop filming this video once one of us cringes. And it's just, like, people doing, I don't know, the most awkward or, like, I don't just uncomfortable things that they yeah. can think of on camera to, like, make you cringe. And people will comment, like, that was a really tough watch. Thank you. Like, people are loving it and liking it. And it's just like, I think, and you'll definitely have some psychology behind this, but it's like, we're, maybe it makes us feel either feel okay about the cringe shit that we do or feel okay that we would never do that. No, like, this so, is the thing. Yeah. And, like, it's basically what the whole Inspired Unemployed kind of... Oh, the Margot Robbie one. Did you watch the video that no. they filmed? They dance in front of Margot Robbie and yeah, it made me like, cringe so hard. They just hard. play off cringe so hard, which I really love it. I think there's like a major difference between cringing and then these trends are like owning your cringe, which I do like. Yes. As we'll get into. But I think, first of all, I mean, everyone knows what cringing is, but I thought that this was a pretty good kind of definition um, from an article in The Face, which I'm drawing from a lot in this episode because it was just really fucking Great. good. So it says, essentially anything that is slightly overdone or off the mark has the potential to be cringy. When I say cringe, I mean that hard to describe but easy to recognize sensation of wanting to curl up and delete yourself momentarily, either because of yourself or someone else, like embarrassment but worse. Yes. The cringe slash embarrassment crossover is it's unique because they're different. They are. But they feel very similar. Do you feel like cringe is deeper? I feel like cringe is deeper for sure. Cringe is more like permanent. Yeah. Like embarrassment is something that we've all kind of learnt how to get over a little bit. Yeah, I think. like if you farted in someone, that's – if you farted in front of someone, <laughs> if you farted in someone, that's probably cringe. No, yeah. if you farted in front of someone, that's embarrassment and you could yeah. get over that. Yeah. It's not cringe. Like, it's not a cringe thing to have nah, done. It's just I'm embarrassing. Just, it could be cringe if, like, you don't handle it. No, like, <laughs> it's cringe if you, like, then – then make a really bad joke about it and then no one laughs. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's cringe to watch. Yeah, yeah, if they can't recover from it, then it's cringe. But the fart itself is embarrassment. And if they made a good joke, it doesn't lean into cringe territory. But do you actually... Okay, back to what we were talking about before. Do you actually... I don't think you're that bad at cringing. Oh. I think you're... Mu- <laughs> Straight <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... Because <laughs> I farted really thinking, No, no, no. I just think, like, you're good at embracing cringe. 
Um, no, but I think I cringe, not for myself. No. I'm fine if I do something. I, I like doing cringe things to watch people's reactions. If someone else does something <laughs> and they can't recover from it, yeah, okay. I true, am true, out true, here true. cringing. Maybe because so that's your worst fear. Yes, it of like is. not being able to recover, and that's why you've gotten so good at recovering yes. because you've like forced it upon yourself. Yes, it actually is. Oh my god. Okay, so let's go. <laughs> let's go into why we cringe a little bit because it's actually really fascinating. So, um, what is like the purpose? So all of our emotions. If you listen to our jealousy versus envy episode, kind of any time that we go into emotions in culture vulture, we realize that they have like an evolutionary purpose. So they ha- mm. they somehow help us survive. Um, and with this, um, psychologists have said that cringing can be divided into two types that we've already kind of touched on: personal disgust <laughs> <laughs> or collective disgust. So that's cringing at ourselves or cringing at other people and so cringing is essentially a mechanism to deter us from behaving in ways that risk us losing status or getting negatively judged by people basically and this is the whole thing about like we've evolved to have these emotions and our brains aren't really able to keep up with uh, kind of new environments and our new ways of living and how society is incredibly different from the hunter-gatherer era that we developed our psychology in. Yeah. So we have all of these kind of like mismatching emotions. Like cringe was meant to be developed to stop us from dying. Yes. And now we've taken it and our brains run with it in pretty much like every scenario possible. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like... When you're in high school and you're thinking about cringe, it does feel like you will die if you're the cringe person. No, yeah. I mean, in high school and fucking underdeveloped cavemen, like me in high school, I was probably an underdeveloped caveman. So it (laughs) it makes sense that those two align. But then when you get older Older. and you realise and then you have more sort of information about the world (laughs) and you understand it a bit better and you realise, oh, fuck, like I'm actually fine. Yeah. So, yeah, like in... From an evolutionary history standpoint, it's all about our need for community. And it's all about how, like, prehistoric men, they died alone, whereas if they were in packs, they tended to have a much higher survival rate. And so this is really the crux of a lot of our social life and why we follow trends Mm. and why we want to be, you know, socially accepted all the time and things like that. Because we want to be in the pack we to be survive. We want to to survive. Whereas yeah. now you can very much survive on your, on your own. own. And you can very much be cringe without separating yourself yeah, from the yeah, pack. I was going to say, you can be cringe and still accepted into society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Case in point, me and Liv most of the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which you know if you ever listen to this podcast, which you obviously do. So over time, this sort of absolute fear of social rejection has kind of morphed into people who don't adhere to societal rules basically social rules and um cringe is the anticipation of this rejection like of yeah. the social rejection so being like fuck that person is going to be shunned from the pack yeah. if they keep doing that sort of behavior <laughs> they can't I, recover from a, yeah, fart, a public fart. and i need to distance myself from them as much as possible otherwise people might think that i can't recover from no, a fart that's how we felt at high school you're yeah. so right fuck yes Aww. it was a cruel cruel world and it still kind of it is it still is 
Yeah, so our bodies are basically telling us to avoid people or avoid yeah. ourselves or to stop ourselves from doing this behaviour yeah. because we're just like, fuck, it's we're going to become us alienated. To kill, to kill the cringe part of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so cringe has become like super dysfunctional, which is like how they describe <laughs> it in the psychology. It's really funny. Like, if you're cringe, you're putting, like, dysfunction into society. Or just, like, if you're feeling cringe when you shouldn't be, it's really dysfunctional. Like, (laughs) you're kind of ruining your own life. So, um, because in terms of ruining your own life, if you're feeling cringe too much and you're cringing at people and you're distancing yourself from people who you deem cringe and you want to be cooler than everyone and socially accepted in everything that you do, you're really shutting yourself off from, like, possible really enjoyable things in life. And I think a lot of people do this. Yeah. And I've definitely felt myself do this before as well. And it's like, if you kind of think as to why you're doing this, which we'll get into a little later on you realize that it's just all sort of bullshit yeah and yeah kill your cringe Liv and I were saying before it's like a it's like a it's a form of snobbery Mm -hmm. that has this like quirky name right yeah it is a form of like you either think you are or you want to be better than whatever makes you cringe. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. is snobbery. Which is snobbery. And, and we will get into a little later how there are certain circumstances where cringe can still be useful. But most like on of, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but most of the time it's not. Um, and there's this kind of idea of cringe being an empathy response because – you kind of have to know the sensation or the feeling yes, to, to be scared of to it. To be scared of it, exactly. And then so we either feel this empathy response in terms of contempt, like us wanting to be better than it, yeah, and us thinking that the person that's cringe or the thing that's cringe shouldn't be considered, you know, yeah. as valid. Um, or compassion, which is like, oh, I've been there, I know yeah. how that feels. So like contemptuous cringing can also be weaponized in terms of like social and political ideologies. Do you remember that kind of era? And maybe we're still in it. Maybe I'm just kind of away from it in my own brain that feminism was really cringe for a while. And like calling yourself a feminist, people were like, oh, like I don't call myself a feminist, but I'm like here for gender I think we're more in that era now than ever. Do you think so? I think like calling yourself a feminist and maybe this isn't because of cringe this might be Mm. because of people along the way that have given it a bad name Mm -hmm. so there's something else to think about there but when I think about calling myself a feminist I'm like yeah hell yeah to the values but the word gives me the ick a bit because it's been ruined yeah exactly and like yeah maybe it's been ruined by people using feminism as an excuse to do things that aren't in any way shape or form feminist but it's also turfs. like got it's been ruined by turfs. It's got that like cringe association of like, oh, you're you're pushing against societal values. Yeah, or like when we were at high school and we'd be like starting to figure out how women were treated in the world and we'd yeah. be learning about it and it would constantly be like, mm, that's really cringe that you're reading Rookie magazine and like like you don't even get affected by this here in New Zealand. It's pretty cringe that you like Like why are you even delving into yeah. this? Like your life is fine. Or like when you tell like when you were younger and you wouldn't want to tell a guy that you were a feminist, but you'd be okay with telling your girlfriends that you were a feminist because you felt that social kind of like 
that those social constraints so much more when you're kind of around someone that you know is abiding by those social values and doesn't have an issue with those social mm. values. So like you're accepted into that pack. Yeah. But the other pack is like, well, you just stay there. We don't want you because yeah. you're, you're a feminist and that's cringe. Yeah, exactly. So this can kind of be put in a lot of social and political ideologies and the fact that we cringe at people who are different from us as well. Yeah. But in saying this, cringing can actually be useful when someone's being like super offensive or like deeply inappropriate. So if you think about like when you're seeing interviews of Trump supporters and you're cringing at them. Yeah. Because they go so against your values as a person that you don't want to be associated with them. Yeah. And that's kind of like where it can be useful I mean or it's kind of good when you're watching say you really admire someone and then you watch a video of them 10 years ago where they say something and it's not like you viscerally hate them it's mm -hmm. just that you're cringing because you're like fuck like we know we wouldn't say or do that now yeah. so it's a good signifier of your values changing yes. no, and the absolutely. world no longer accepting that thing but it's almost like cringing at it feels like you can like you're not cancelling them out of your no, life. No, no, you're just like having that automatic psychological mm. reaction that you feel within your body as an indicator of something that you don't really want to be a part of or that you don't want associated yeah. with you in any way, which is fair enough to to kind of see what you stand for in life and what you don't. And then that kind of jarring realization that other people can think so differently to you and then I guess like then the cringe may not be as helpful in kind of like unifying the world right because yeah. that automatic response is to push away people you know if you hear about like anti-vaxxers <laughs> yeah when we were in the height of the COVID pandemic and yeah. there was that real sensation of like yuck don't want to be associated with yeah. them and then on the other hand they were like yuck don't want to be associated with people who believe in vaccination and it can create this sort of like political divide. Yeah. Um, I love that um, hot take of Culture Vulture 2023. Cringe has no hope of unifying the world. Yeah. But to be honest, like if we're going to be real here, the world is never going to be unified. No. So it's not, but it's like, I guess, another unhelpful thing to push against unification. Yeah. Um, so I think... That's that's when it's interesting is when it comes into those areas where you're actually cringing for a valid reason mm. as opposed to someone telling a joke and it flopping. Like yeah. these are two very yeah. different things. And the the former that like the where we're talking about it politically is probably the closest we get to this evolutionary emotion being useful. Yeah. How we cringe on TikTok and in everyday life, it's very much like if you can find a way to stop cringing at yourself and stop yeah. cringing at others and own the cringe and by like laughing at yourself and like kind of staying in control of your own cringe, which is what you very much do in terms of like your puns, right? If someone didn't deliver the puns that you make, like on a daily basis with confidence, yeah. you'd be like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. But because you deliver it with confidence and you know it's funny and you believe in yourself, like because oh, I don't feel I don't feel like it's cringe. No, or I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Because, but it's not cringe because you don't make it. cringe. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yourself, like we can sniff out when people are like 
insecure about things, which <laughs> yeah. is really, really brutal. But it's re- the reality. Yeah. So it's good to like identify why you're cringing. Do you want to cringe to like oppress someone? Are you a crin- are you cringing because you've got your own like insecurity and you're projecting that on them and you're like, fuck, I could have made that really bad joke, but it wasn't me. So I'm going to like distance yeah. myself from that person and just be basically like an asshole. Yeah. Which a lot of people use that as an excuse to to be an asshole because they think, oh, well, like they're not going to be socially accepted. So I need to Thank banish God them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so then it's kind of like really thinking about how much you're cringing, why you're cringing, and whether cringing is holding you back from living yeah. your life. I think that's a big one. Yeah. It's like, are you cringing because you actually wish you did that or yes. could do that? Yes. Or, like, are you just cringing? Is your cringe ratio, like, way off? You're cringing way too much at too many things, so you're not actually enjoying a single thing. A single thing, for sure. There was a really good article in The Swaddle. Um, And it had a really good, like, ending sort of paragraph. Yeah. And it said, What we cringe at plays a pivotal role in how we perceive the world. Developing a taste for cringe content, because they were talking a lot about cringe content, um, and the contempt it inspires may often lead to losing a sense of human error and kindness. And I guess that's kind of like the hate follow. Mm. Like, you know, when you're like following someone because they make you cringe, but you kind of like it because it It makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel good about yourself because you're basically (sighs) just putting them below you. Yeah. And yeah, even you if you, if you don't think you're doing that, it is what you're doing. So look into it because we've all done it. Yeah. Um, when driven by performance, herd mentality, hatred for what's different and a fear of mistakes, life essentially becomes a shell of what it could be. Interrogating the source of contempt and rethinking how we react and rethinking how we react to embarrassing situations is how we poop. how we poop. I read move and past at the same time. It's how we move past contempt. And then it goes to talking about... We're going to look back on the whole episode. I know, I know. This is hilarious because it's like what it even is. Interrogating the source of contempt and rethinking how we react to embarrassing situations is how we move past contempt. So you have to keep it in. Yeah. how you react to embarrassing... See, that was an embarrassing... that way better than I did and so it was no, more cringe what I did even I'm like Ruby get rid of that <laughs> but actually I remember when she kept in all these times I was trying to say Trump Twitter and I was going Trump Twitter so maybe Ruby is the reason we have such <laughs> visceral reactions to cringe because <laughs> you know that someone's listening into this and judging you as to whether they keep your shit in or not no okay Ruby keep it all in because we're moving past our cringe. Yeah, love that. And growing live on mic. Yeah. Not live. Absolutely. And so, yeah, basically it's just like don't be an asshole if you think that what someone's doing is embarrassing yeah. to you and like to them and then the, to you in association. Yeah, and if you feel it, like fine, you're like societally driven to, driven do so. to feel it, but don't act on it maybe. Yeah. Or try not to act on it. Yeah. 
and just lean in a little bit. Do some cringe shit. You don't want you don't want to be holding yourself back from being your best self because you're cringing at yourself. Honestly, go and watch the Inspired Unemployed or listen to their podcast and hear the oh. shit that they do. And it's just like they are owning their cringe. Like in my listen brain, I'm like, I could never. Yeah. I could never. Like, and that's shown by like how I react to saying poo on mic. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, I could never. I'm not far down that journey, but it's like yeah. good to good to see people that are. It's I a guess. quest. A quest. Yeah. Get better at dealing with cringe. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, Liz, um, aside from getting better at dealing with your cringe, what else is on your radar? Um, I watched the movie The Menu. Oh, Have you I've seen been it? I need to watch it. I haven't seen it. It was good. It was weird. It was good. Okay. It makes you think. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not something I'm going to watch again, but okay. it was good enough. And then... Oh, great recommendation. <laughs> it was good enough. <laughs> Take that. Um, and this... Okay. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called Radio with a lot of O's at the end. No. Nope. And basically it's like a music streaming platform, but it's done by countries and time zones, like or like decades. Yeah. So like you can find what was playing in, like, even Nigeria in the 1920s. Yeah. And then, but you could, or you could do, like, Australia in the 80s, New Zealand in the 2000s. Like, Mm. it's a really cool way of um, discovering new music. Does it, can you listen to it on there as well? Or does it just give you a list? Yeah, so you can listen on, there's basically subscription there's oh, it's yeah. a subscription model and if you get it for free you can listen to a certain amount I, I'm not really sure I haven't like signed up properly yeah. but I've gone on the free version and then I think if you pay for it you can like get curated playlists cool. and like you can share playlists with other people and things like that cool. it's really cool yeah what's on your radar um two books I don't know I can't remember off the top of my head the authors of either of them but one's called watching women and girls and it's like short stories about um, just a whole lot of different women living their lives, and it's really good. I just gave it to Belle, who then recommended it in her um, Saturday newsletter, so she actually knows shit about books, so for it to get her a tick of approval means that it's good. You're such a fast reader. Yeah, I know, but that one was short stories, so it was easy. Um, and then I'm also reading... But I don't remember. That's the thing. I'm a fast reader because I think I'm a skim reader. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it doesn't go in. But I tried to take notes on this one because I thought it was good. Oh, well, that's great. And then I'm also reading the second Thursday Murder Club book, The Man Who Died Twice. Um, it's really cute. A, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. Old British woman came over to me on the beach while I was reading it and um, her umbrella had flown onto us and she came to get it back and then she saw that I was reading it. She was like, oh, my God, I love this book. I love this book because it's set in the UK. Yeah. And and she's she said that she's just ordered the third one from her local library and she's like 66th in line. It's so popular that she's not going to get it until 66 other people have read it and returned it. Holy fuck. I mean, at that point, I just buy the book, babes. But Yeah. And <laughs> like, this is like, bless herself for waiting. I know. Delayed gratification. She's better than all of us. Yeah, fuck yeah. And it's so cute because this was a Ruby recommendation. Yes. And then how some recommendations, like, you know, sometimes you recommend a book, one person will read it and then that stops there. But sometimes there's a recommendation and it just snowballs and then, like, everyone in your vicinity is reading reading it. it. It's the same with House in the Cerulean Sea. If none of you have read that, literally my whole family, everyone around us, have you even read it yet? No, not yet. Bullshit. I've got it. You need to read it. Can I have it next? Yes. Okay, cool. 100%. Um. Anyway, they were my two on my. They're not even on my radars because I'm reading them both right now. But 
We'd bend the rules around here a little bit. Yeah, fuck yeah. Right, should we wrap this up before we get too cringe on mic? Yes, please. I would love that. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us or, I don't know, follow us in other places, you can probably read the morning newsletter, Belle's Saturday newsletter that took off, took over the Culture Vulture newsletter, the Shit Show podcast for world events. You already know all of this. And thank you to Samuel for sitting here and making sure we sound great on mic. Liv, thank you as per. Thank you always. I second the recommendation to go read Belle's newsletter. It's nice to see that the person taking over my newsletter is creating great content. Yeah, she really cares about it. She does. Bye, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.